0: If you've struggled with stress, balance or burnout, and simply felt discouraged or even defeated, if you're ready to move from force to flow and enjoy ultimate Zen success in your career, health or relationships, then this podcast is for you. Your host, Carissa Sims, is an entrepreneur, corporate consultant, best-selling author, meditation teacher and healer who has found her own Zen success. Here's your host. Carissa.
1: Welcome everyone. Today I have the pleasure of speaking with Emma Dowd. Emma started her own photography company in tw- 2003 and soon met a band 16 second stare that led her to where she is today. Following the band, she started working for a PR company to help promote bands and other amazing talents. And it was there that she met the founder of AMFM 247, Stuart Venner. When she's not working, she's traveling, going to Disney, going to other theme parks, exploring, visiting family and friends, spending time with her three dogs, a chicken, and her beloved spouse. She has her own show on AMFM 247 called It's Emma's World. Welcome, Emma.
0: Hey, how are you?
1: Great. It's so exciting to have you here. I just assumed that you'd be way too busy to do your own interviews.
0: (laughs) No, I like doing my interviews because, you know, I think my story can help people. And I think some of my things that I've done can inspire people to follow their dreams too. And I think that's always important to, to take time out to do that for people and help other people that have a dream like you're doing, uh, you know, continue on with it.
1: Oh, that's amazing. I love that. So I want to explore a question today. Can you attract success in your life? What is your belief of that?
0: I absolutely believe that. I truly believe that what we what how we perceive things and how we train our brain to think can absolutely attract negativity or positivity, depending on, on how we approach it. You know, just for instance, you know, I know of a person that is always afraid, saying it's never gonna work out, never, 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 never. And it doesn't work out for them. And I was like that for a while too. But one day I just said, you know what? I'm going to change my thinking. And I tried the law of attraction.
1: Mm. And I I love that you were aware of that, that you actually were aware that that might be limiting you.
0: It was limiting me because if I keep saying I can't, I've defeated myself before I even started. And that is just not the way that I wanted to get off. It's like, if you're going to, if you're playing in, let's just say the Super Bowl. And you're playing a tough team, but you've already come out knowing that you're probably not going to win. You've already defeated yourself. Why would you do that? So, yeah, if you think positively, it may still end up not in the, the, the best way that you had the intention of it ending or, or what have you or how it went. But at least you came out with something positive. And I think if you are positive, people see that and people want to help you more. Cause nobody really wants to be around somebody that's like so depressed all the time or uh, always thinking t- negatively because it kind of, it can be infectious. <laughs> it really can. Yeah. So the more that we, I think the more that we are positive and the more um, that we believe in ourselves and we put that energy out there, the world sees it, reacts to it and gives us kind of what we're looking for as much as possible.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. And, and so would that go in alignment with like attracts like if you are vibrating or being positive, you might attract more people like that around you?
0: Yeah, actually, it's, I think it is true. You know, it's funny because when I first started up my old from my old Facebook to my new Facebook, I didn't get much interaction, um, but I wasn't very happy either. And I noticed that I, I saw a lot of negativity, 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 and that was keeping me down. Mm. So for me to try to eliminate most of the people in that old Facebook would have taken me probably a year. So, <laughs> yeah. so wow. I decided to start up my, a new one. I put up better pictures of myself. I had a better attitude of myself. And, you know, I get actually a lot of interaction now. Mm -hmm. So, and a lot, I mean, yeah, I still get some of the bad stuff too. I think you can't avoid that. But for the most part, like out of the first five people on my old account, one or two was positive. Now it's like four or five are positive, and one is negative. So yeah, I do think uh, like attracts like for sure.
1: Mm. Well, I want to hear about your own journey and how success showed up for you in your life?
0: <laughs> well, I know, I, I, I know this is going to sound hilarious, but I never was very employable. Um, you know, I just had to do things my own way. And I had to, I beat my own drum. And mm-hmm. some people just, it didn't comply with th- what they wanted for their business. So I realized pretty early that I had to I had to do what I needed to do to make myself successful. For instance, I worked at a photography studio for kids and basically adults too. But they had a five-set picture requirement. You had to do these five poses, and I'm like, man, that's <laughs> kind of boring. So I did some things that were outside of the box. I sold twice as many pictures as everybody else, but I got fired because I didn't do the the system and only sell like two hundred dollars worth of photos, I was selling like $2,000 worth of photos.
1: Wow, so, that's incredible. Yeah, Just by so, shifting that. And, and it's so interesting that the owner of the studio didn't recognize that. They were so in their own pattern and in their own world. They didn't see the brilliance of who you
0: were. Exactly. And, and some of the other people there too, because I knew another guy over there. He was amazing and he did some great photos, but he would do them on the side. So he did the five and then he'd do like one or two others. And that's something I tried to do, but I didn't always do because I got creative. So I started my own photography studio and it came after um, it came through the time in Florida where we had three hurricanes hit every other, every two weeks. And it just started. I thought it was going to go under because of how badly destroyed we were down here. And then it seemed to pick up. And right as it started to pick up, my best friend committed suicide. And
1: oh, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry to hear that.
0: It's okay. Uh, I, you know, it, I, It's, it's been a really while funny. now. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I kept going through the woulda, coulda, shoulda, and um, it, it almost stopped me from doing anything at all. And so what I decided to do was I had this vision of this picture of somebody crying by a grave and the spirit of that person, that same person was behind them, putting their hand on their shoulder with a comforting, smiling face. And I realized, I think that was my friend trying to tell me, you can't live in the past. Your memories are always here. That's still alive. It's as live as it's, he's alive. As long as I keep those memories there, nobody can steal them from me. So I, what I was doing was counterproductive. I was like, I was dead, but alive at the same time. So what I decided to do after the studio was I still did some studio stuff, but I started to put that into a picture. And when I took that into a picture, it blew up. I mean, it went, it went from, uh, I had it on display in China, uh, California, wow. Florida, all over the United States. It was just a powerful picture. Some people criticized me for it. Cause they said it was very macabre. And it was extremely a uh, demonic. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, look at it this way. How could somebody be alive and their own spirit be behind them. Yeah, They're not dead. They just feel like they're dead because they can't move on from what's happening here and constraining us in our, in our current present self. We need to, that's profound.
1: That's yeah. really profound.
0: So then I started to do a thing called dreams, nightmares, fears, and fantasies. And that mm. was a series that pretty much took some of the things that I love, like fairies and some uh-huh. other stuff, but it took some, it took some dark things because I found that even in the dark times, they balance us. We can't have too good. We can't have too bad at the same time because none of them are good. If you get too much good, you become complacent. You become, um, you take things for granted and you don't continue to grow. Mm. Whereas the the negative, too much negative makes you want to, off yourself and nobody wants that either so you have to have a balance so i find good in every bad that comes my way and so what i would do is i would take some dark pictures and find a good positive thing behind it i'd show some beauty somewhere that there's that light there and that took off Then's when I kind of met my the band that I worked with, the 16 Second Stare, and they wanted me to do band photos for them during this time. So Mm -hmm. I got to meet with some pretty amazing people. I got to meet with Rob Zombie, uh, Ace Frehley, Casey in the Sunshine Band, um, Jesse Dupree, a lot of amazing people in the industry.
1: Wow. Can you stop right there for a second? I want to know how you attracted these people just specifically. Was your photography on display somewhere? Did they see it? Were you making a name for yourself? Did they call you? Was it a friend of a friend? How did they um, discover you?
0: Friend of a friend. Okay. Uh, is what is where I got with the band. And when I got with the band, then's when I started to work with these other people because we were all collabing. You know, they were helping him do uh, audio video work. So I was helping them and we were all together working on some crazy things. And then he got to the point where he got to be an international touring artist, too. And he went on Crew Fest 2, uh, which was Motley Crue. Uh, that was their tour that came through in 2007 or 8. I can't remember which one.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: I got to be on stage with those guys videotaping 16 Second stare, videotaping the whole entire experience. And it was amazing. Hopefully, then-
1: hold on a second. Hopefully our audience knows who Motley Crue is. <laughs>
0: hope so i mean but you can look them
1: up online (laughs)
0: yeah i mean yeah everybody should know who um who their famous drummer is and Mm -hmm. uh what they what they're known for Mm -hmm. and after that the band broke up and i was i had just moved into an apartment and i was like oh my god how am i gonna how am i gonna survive so i just started looking online and i ran into a publicist and the publicist Said he needs somebody that does copyright work, so I'm, that's what I did. I, you know, I could write, so I, I did um, journalism for him, and I did press releases and pitches and all kinds of stuff. And he grew exponentially. It was amazing. We had like almost seventy-five clients, and I was the only writer, wow. so I was constantly busy. And then things started to go bad again when I moved into this house that I that I'm living at now. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up having to leave and I went to say goodbye to one of our clients, Stuart Venner, and because he was a really good friend of mine, I just enjoyed the hell out of him. And he was like a dad to me almost. So when we went there, he said, look, he goes, I kind of did some research into what you do. He goes, I'm trying to start up a podcast and do some of my own PR work. He goes, would you want to work with me? I said, yeah, because I was going to work for McDonald's, believe it or not. <laughs> and he said, yeah. No. De- yes. You're joking. Said, no, oh, no, no. I was actually ready to go to McDonald's because I need to get out of there and I needed to do something because the, the work was just not paying. And then he was tempting me not to pay me. So I had to leave.
1: Mm. And
0: so when he saw that, he came in and, and we got his radio station going, his radio show going. And it was pretty, pretty political. It was a it was a right wing show. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't able to get it on anywhere because it was only liberal or nothing. Mm -hmm. And they just censored everything. They didn't have that balance. So he started to think, you know what, what if we do our own station? Ah. And he goes, do you have the ability to do that? I said, well, I guess I could try. And so I came in on Monday morning one day and there was this big stack of stuff for me to do. And he told me, I bought this server, build (laughs) it. You got a week. So I was like, okay.
1: And oh after God.
0: that, AMFM started and I showed him how to do some audio, video, audio, video editing. And mm-hmm. we just grew this thing together. And it was, a, it was a, a, the mission was bigger than the, than the business. The mission was that way people, no matter what you believe in, can't get censored. We didn't believe in censor- censorship, and so that's how we started AMFM, and it's been growing ever since. And even during COVID, we had a little bit of a decline, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it's still going very strong, and it's starting to bounce back after COVID. So, I'm I'm thrilled with everything, and yeah, it took. It, I had some negative times, but through there, but I always try to stay positive as much mm-hmm. as I could, and kept going for the kept going for the goal, which was bigger than me.
1: Yeah, and and I just want to say, I mean, you make. I just want to point out that you make it sound so easy.
0: <laughs> and it was. And I
1: just, I just want to say that Emma is brilliant. I mean, her background. I mean, you went to MIT and Virginia Tech. That is impressive.
0: I didn't go there. I was accepted to there. I lost my scholarship. Oh, um, you lost your
1: scholarship, but you were yeah, accepted there. So I, was I mean. Accepted. So, I mean, that in and of itself is just says a lot about who you are and how amazing and how your brain works. I mean, just that's, I mean, those prestigious schools, that's so amazing. But I mean, I think to go on your path, maybe you would have gone on a different path if you went to those schools, don't you think?
0: I think so. Because I had always had a dream of building stadiums and arenas. I, I like sports, but I didn't love sports. Mm-hmm. I loved the buildings that were in there and how they were designed and how people, it could attract 100,000 people in one spot, and then they leave just as fast as they got in with really no no um, stoppage of, of flow. And I, that just that just fascinated me. And that they, you have these big concrete structures that are literally dangling over people holding tons of people above them. And it's like, wow, this is, this is beautiful. Stadiums are absolutely gorgeous. Mm. And if you, if you could take the opportunity to understand their set of ramps, triangles and flow, that's what they are. And when you put that together, you have a, a beautiful place to watch a game with your family. You can still get out safely, and they are just a structure of of champions. It's it's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Well, I I just wanted to go back to how your partner, your business partner, Stuart was really had a lot of faith in you that you could be the technical arm for his company. Had you learned video and audio editing prior to that, or did you teach yourself?
0: Actually, I taught myself. Um, it's, <laughs> it's funny. <You> go, girl. <laughs> okay. So here, here's one of, my, one of the biggest things that I'll, I'll get to it in the end, but my, the 16 second stare said, we need a music video. He goes, do you know how to do video? I'm like, yeah, of course you know, it's part of a camera. It's just, it's just, uh, it's just movable camera. Mm-hmm. So he brings over these three semi-pro cameras, slaps them on my, on my, um, on my bed. And then he brings this apple. He goes, have you ever used an apple before? I'm like, no. He goes, well, here, here's an apple. You got two weeks to learn this thing. Cause in three weeks we're shooting the video, you're going to be the one doing it. So I literally videotaped everything, tried to figure out how to edit. I've never used final cut pro, which is an advanced program at the time. Yeah. Um, and I, I was ready. And so I taught myself how to do that. And ironically, even with Stuart, when he, so when he saw this, yes, he knew that I had been through systems and he was shocked that I did not go to school for it. But even though I went through some pretty hairy times with the band and the band completely losing it, cracking up. And then um, the PR company and what I did. I mean, I went through some tough, stressful nights and times you are just crying yourself to sleep. I always realized one thing when I got with Stuart is that I went through all of those things and I learned something along the way that made my current situation possible. I had to go through it. It was tough. So sometimes we have to go through things. But because I went through the band and I learned how to do audio video. I learned how to edit photos uh, because I was doing that on my own to begin with before Mm -hmm. that. I learned how to work with people and I learned how to direct and I learned all this stuff. When I went to the PR company, I learned how to interact with people and I got in touch with people that were influential that would need that type of service, even though I went through hell with that company. And now it's all put together and Stuart saw how resilient I was and what I was able to do and learn without any help, um, just basically sitting down and playing with something. And he knew that it would be a success and it was. So I always say to people, you may have gone through something, but you learned something that's going to prepare you for the future. So don't knock it and don't fight it. Just go through it. When, when you're supposed to leave, you're going to leave. And when it goes to the next thing, you're going to have things that you didn't understand why you went through, but you will now.
1: Mm-hmm. That kind of brings me back to your art where you said that you would have something dark and you would always show something positive within that. It's so beautiful.
0: It is. It's it's how we perceive the world and how we perceive our situations is what makes us, which makes us successful. Not necessarily the skill that we have. It's the Mm -hmm. passion behind it. So yeah, Passion will get you through your darkest times. It gets you through your biggest challenges. It shows us who we are and our strength inside. Because if we could do that and we have the diligence to get through it, a great reward comes along uh, eventually. And even if the good, even if we still got damaged by something bad, the good is that it made us stronger. Mm. And we, don't, we know not to do that again, right?
1: Mm. Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's talk about your company AMFM247.
0: What is the purpose of your company? We are what I basically consider myself is a distribution company. Um kind of like a movie, a movie company, you know, they have theaters and everything else. They have a bunch of different ways to get their movie out. We do the same thing and we do it for people that have a podcast, have a voice that they want to get out. We have different avenues that they can use. We have AM, FM frequencies. We have internet radio. We have ties to podcasting and iHeart and all kinds of different things that you can use to get your your product and your, your voice out there. Um, So basically, we are a radio station. We're an online radio station that simulcasts on FM stations and AM stations across the United States. And we build, we help you build your voice to get your show out there in front of as many people as we possibly can reach. And we do it without censorship and we do it without bias. So we don't want to censor anybody. And even if it's something we don't agree with you know, maybe politically or religiously or whatever, we still stand by your ability to speak what you believe in and what you want to say. So it's a non-biased, non-censored platform to get your word out to the public as best as possible.
1: Mm, that's an incredible mission. And tell me, so your podcast is It's Emma's World. What What is that about? And when did you start this podcast?
0: It actually started out in 2015 as uh, the AME Radio Show, and I realized that I went back to my roots—art, music, and entertainment. That's what I love to talk about, and it was doing great. I had I had pretty much talked to every celebrity on General Hospital, um, oh, wow. on Days of Our Lives. On oh, uh, well, I'm a
1: Days of Our, or, Our Lives person. I used to watch I, that as a kid.
0: That's awesome. I've talked to a lot of them on there, um, and. It was, it was going great. I, I talked with Tiffany, the, the, the uh, singer, uh, mm-hmm. Jewel, Mitchell Musso, um, wow. John Schneider from the Dukes of Hazard. I mean, you name it. I talked to a ton of amazing people. How did you and get connected with these people? I took a shot in the dark. Um, uh, it kind of started off where I, I wanted to talk to Danica McKellar from The Wonder Years. She, and she does. she's a brilliant mathematician, and she does these books, she does these books for kids of all different ages through school to help them easily understand math, even up to physics. She does it all. And I'm like, you know what? I want to talk to her because that's amazing. And I think that's something we need to have. And she makes it fun. So I I need to buy
1: that book for my kids. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I need to research that.
0: So she, I went to her website and she had a contact for her, her, her publicist had a contact. So I reached out to her publicist and I didn't hear anything. And then, like three weeks later, I I hear from I get this call from Los Angeles, and she goes, "This is this is blah 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 blah." And we have we are the we are the publicity company for Lifetime. Uh, Danica McKellar came in and said she wants to talk to you. And she gave me your what you want to talk about. She goes, "Now, Danica doesn't do that." So she goes, "That kind of shocked us." So we wanted to reach out to you. And she goes, "She is doing a movie here." Um, Mommy, I didn't do it. Was uh, which was coming out at the time, and she goes, "Sounds awful." Well, yeah, it was about a murder that uh, her, her her one of her friends murdered somebody else, and they framed her for it, her daughter for it. So mm-hmm. she was the mother. And um, what ended up happening? She goes, "If you can get through Jewel, and you can prove yourself with Mitchell Musso, we'll get you Danica McKellar. You could talk about her books and her movie." So I went through Jewel. I went through Mitchell Musso. They gave me a good response. I got Danica McKellar and it blew up after that. But I didn't even think she'd give me a time of day because I was still small at the time. I only uh-huh. had like five major celebrities that came on the show. Uh, and even then, they weren't they really weren't major ones. They were just celebrities. And she gave me the opportunity. And then, holy heck, it blew up. <laughs> and, and I wouldn't have gotten that if I didn't sit down to talk to them about You know, and reach out and just give it a shot, which has led me to here because I still do that with this new station, but with this new show, uh, it's Emma's World. But what I realized is that with COVID, Hollywood shut down. So I had literally zero uh, interviews. So almost all of 2020, I couldn't do anything. So I'm like, I have to rebrand my show. And I started to talk to people about amazing stories because I had an amazing journey myself of transformation and um, facing scrutiny and judgment and everything else. And I overcame it. And I figured, you know what? So everybody has a story like that. So what if we continue to do those art, music and entertainment? We, we promote products. We talk to people about innovation, but we talk to people about their story of overcoming the odds and bringing people to life and bringing celebrities to into you is a way that you've never heard them before and the nose and the rejection and everything else that they've overcome. And that's why I called it. It's Emma's world. Cause it's my world. I'm living in this world. I'm living it here with you as an experience. And I want to tell the, the world about our stories. Mm. So that's kind of what, where it turned from. It went from this to this and it's um, it's fun because it's a new, it has no no end. It literally has an endless limit of people to talk to because I don't need to talk to just celebrities. I could talk to anybody that has a story to tell and and inspire people with it. So I opened up, I solved a problem by limiting myself and I opened up a new world of inspiration for people that may be suffering or maybe saying, I can't do this or I can't get over that wall because it's too big, showing people that have, that had the same situation overcame it and then now are very much successful.
1: Mm. Wow. I love that mission. That's incredible. So tell me about uh, your health challenges and how that drives you in your life.
0: Well, my, my health issue is different. It's very rare. I have two of them. Um, I was born intersex, and that means I am a 46XX chromosome, which means biologically I'm female, but I had a deformity in the genital area, which made me, um, which made people think I was a man, but I wasn't a man, and it wasn't the way, it, it was non-functional, but I had to, I was then forced to live most of my life as a male.
1: Really? So as a child, you grew up as a male?
0: Yep until just last year. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. I, I was, I was male and I always got picked on because I wasn't your typical male. I could not grow heavy duty muscles after oh, working yeah. out. I was yeah. small. I had different facial features that were more feminine than, than masculine. And how tall are you?
1: How tall are seven, you? Five, five, seven? Seven, five, seven? seven.
0: Okay. Which is still tall for mm-hmm. a female, but it's small for a male.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I got
0: it. So I was kind of in between and to stop the, 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 the breast development when I, when I was in high school, so I didn't get beat up. I went and I took uh, testosterone and that really screwed me up. And that actually gave me MS because of it. It made it, I, I was probably going to have it anyways, but it made it worse. And because I, because I have a chromosomal defect from when I was born, that's what gave me that was what made me susceptible to MS and other forms of um, these uh, diseases that I could get. So it made that worse. So I, I stopped the testosterone after high school, managed to keep, keep staying as a man, but I, I, I kept like losing my hair and everything else because the, the, the testosterone and the MS. And, and were and- your
1: parents supportive of these medications? Like this is what the doctors said to do.
0: They didn't know. See, the thing about it was is when I moved from Connecticut down here to Florida, oh. um, I was put back a grade, even though I was almost done with my sixth grade year. But because I wasn't born before September 1st, they they put me back in fifth grade for the rest of that year, even though I was almost done with sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So when I when I got to my 10th grade year, I was 17. And when I got to my eighth grade year, I was 18 or my 11th grade year. I was 18 mm-hmm. and my senior year I was 19. Mm-hmm. So when I was 18, I went and did this on my own because I had my own job. I had I had um, I had my own insurance and I didn't want to bother my mom. My parents had just gone through a divorce. And I'm like, if this is cancer, because I didn't know what it was, I could feel bumps and hard lumps under there. I'm like, if this is cancer, I'll tell them. But if it's not, I'm not going to worry them. So I went down there and found that out. And he goes, no, no, sweetie, you're you're a girl. I'm like, I always kind of knew that I was weird because I had the thoughts and and heart and vision of a female, yeah. but I did not, and I could not relate to being male at all. And I had to train myself and, and mimic other males to do that. So that made sense to me. And he goes, this is breast development. He goes, yeah. um, we can stop this with testosterone. Ah. but, um, just to get you through high school, I said, well, that's all I want to do. And then I'll figure it out after I get out of high school. But the problem with it is, is it generated enough that it was about my testosterone levels about 400. So I was always sick because a normal male at a dire low level of testosterone is 700. So, but I had a normal level of estrogen and I never dropped that. So basically my hormones were fighting amongst each other. It Mm -hmm. wasn't one putting the other one down to where I could be one person or the other. I was having emotional conflicts. I was having all kinds of terrible things going on. So, um, I just decided just, if this is the best, it's going to be fine. I did have a uterus. So the stomach, the, the, the ulcer that I had was actually a uterus and it was a bleeding. It was my monthly cycle. That had nowhere to go, so I got very sick every month. So we, as I went from 2000, uh, about 2000 to 2019, and I severely hit my head on the ground, almost killed me. And (gasps) they didn't think that it was. They didn't think it did any major damage other than a major concussion, but it destroyed my pituitary gland. So at this point now, I didn't know anything was wrong other than the concussion. I've had several concussions before. But by the end of 2019, I saw, I started to feel the breast development again. I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. And last time I took testosterone, I got very, very sick. I lost all my hair. Uh-huh. Um, this is not something I want to do. So I'm like, well, let's see what happens. And so I just oh, waited. Oh, that's, and
1: that's amazing.
0: So in 2000, I had breast development and I got to the point where I could no longer hide anything. My face didn't change but now my body went back to being female. Mm -hmm. And so I had kind of had to tell people and I had to face a lot of rejection. Um, I had to face a lot of judgment because the first thing that came out of people's mouths wasn't intersex. It was transgender. And that is still kind of taboo to a lot of people. I'm like, no, this is not a choice. I said the only choice I made was not to go on the testosterone to keep me male. I said, if anything, what I'm doing was a, Reverse sex change because I was doing the sex change, taking the testosterone. Mm-hmm. So I took I a, a lot of heat. Yeah.
1: I had a question. Growing up, were you attracted to women or
0: men or girls or boys or both? Or how did you feel about the opposite sex? I actually was attracted to men and I couldn't understand that. And nobody could either. So I didn't tell anybody too much. I only told a couple of my closest friends. Uh And they just thought I was gay, but that's how my brain was trained. That's how I, and and even like, I wanted to play with, with like Cabbage Patch Kids and Uh Strawberry Shortcake and all those things. And My Little Pony when I was a kid, but I couldn't. So um, I just read a lot instead.
1: Uh And
0: I didn't want to play with cars. Like every, all of my boy, all the friends that I had were boys. They wanted to play with cars. They wanted to play, um, you know, Dungeons and Dragons. And I was like, ew. I don't want to play any of that. Yeah.
1: So because um, to me now, you—I mean, you are gorgeous. If anybody goes to her website, I mean, she is just stunning. But you're beautiful inside and out. You know, you exude that beauty, and—and I just can't even see any male in you.
0: And that's the problem that I had growing up because it it did change a little bit. I mean, Mm -hmm. I did change. It made it made me a little bit more, um, thicker, but not like muscle wise. It mm-hmm. just made me a little bit thicker and, but I still had a baby face. Everybody's like, you know, carted me for everything. I didn't get any facial hair until about 2014. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, now that I, now that I got it, it doesn't go away. So I have to have that removed, mm-hmm. but, um, I did have a lot of things about me that people just, I think they just knew something was wrong. So they picked on me over it and that got me severely bullied. Oh, um, so sorry, but it's, it is what it is. It made me a strong person, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, I haven't done any surgeries. I haven't done any, any surgeries for anything. I haven't done any facial reconstructive surgeries. Uh, I didn't do any of that. Um it was just my natural hormones that took over and made me who I was. So I didn't look as masculine as I did before, which I really didn't before either. Mm -hmm. So it just basically softened my face a little bit.
1: And do you resonate with being a woman now? Does it feel like you're living
0: your true life? Actually? Yeah. I mean, everything felt so awkward before. Yeah. And I didn't know what that, I didn't, I thought that was just natural life. And Mm -hmm. now yeah. I walk out. I do things. I go out and buy makeup. I put on makeup. In fact, nobody taught me how to do makeup either. I just started putting it on one day. It was just like a natural instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything I've done has been naturally instinct has been from my natural instincts and it's comfortable. I smile because I don't have to sit there and think about how I'm going to say it, how I'm going to, the the hand gestures I use, the, the way that I talk, I didn't have to be as precise, you know, to the point done talking Mm. like most males do. Mm. Um, I don't have to bite my fingernails anymore because I have like really feminine hands. So I used to bite my nails down to nothing just that way they could look rugged. And, you know, I never took off my shoes because I didn't want people to see my feet because I did not have typical male feet and I don't have to hide anything anymore. So, yeah, this is exactly what it was supposed to be. I'm very comfortable with that. I, I don't like my voice that much because the testosterone made it deeper and made it harder for me to go backwards. Once it goes down, it doesn't go back. So mm-hmm. I'm stuck with that. And I'm stuck with some of the hair problems still. But for the most part, everything is just the way it's supposed to be. And I didn't know life was like this. Uh-huh. I didn't know life was just fun.
1: That's amazing. I love that. And, and just, just so you know, I feel like your voice is powerful and feminine. So there's a strength behind it and that deepness, like still, I don't feel any masculine energy in it, you know? And so anyway, that's just some feedback about that. Have you gotten any feedback about your voice?
0: Not really. I mean, my friends say that it sounds fine. But um, for the most part, nobody else tells me anything otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't think they want to because they don't want to be rude. So I don't know. I didn't know if people just weren't saying anything. Or if my friends are saying it just to make me feel better about myself, because that's what friends do. Yeah, you know? they don't like to trash each other and just say, "Oh no, you sound like a total dude."
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, but I think they're being authentic. I I really do because I I feel the same way, and I don't know you, and um, but but anyway, I mean, I know this is just like a huge transition for you, so it's going to be a process and a journey.
0: It is, and it's just starting. Now, the biggest thing is, is that. I have to, I went to a surgeon to see about taking it from one gender to two genders down there. And he was shocked because he said in my 30 years of doing this, and he's a world renowned one. He said that he's only seen one other person like me and I, and they weren't even as profound as me. Um, He was able to see a birth canal, everything, and he was blown away with it. And he goes, you should have been doing this a long time ago because- you weren't able to test for uterine cancers or ovarian cancers or anything like that with your monthly, with your yearly um, checkup like that. So he goes, this is more important now than ever, especially with your age could be in 43 that I need to start looking into this because this is when it's really going to start to happen. So it may have just happened at the right time.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's amazing. That's so wonderful. So I want to shift the conversation to, um, a topic that I like to talk about Zen success. So what is that to you and how can someone move from force to flow in their
0: life? Changing their thoughts. I think that's the easiest way because we are our own worst enemy. We are our, our own brick wall that we run into. We always like to say to ourselves that I can't do this because it's easier. It's more comforting to sit there and talk yourself out of something than to actually challenge yourself to do it. So I believe the Zen is just going through life as, as you're supposed to. It's easy. It's, it's not really easy, but it's more it's more accomplishable and it things just work and flow you know in a, in a good vibrant way and if you th- if you change your your beliefs your mindset to believe you can accomplish anything it may not be easy but you can get through it i believe that's really what changes our path from having a conflict in our lives and having negativity and not reaching our goals to that I think the next thing we want to make sure is we have no regrets. And that's, that's something it took me a little bit to, of time to adapt into my life because I don't believe a regret is failure. I believe a regret is when it's too late to do something that you can't go back and do. Mm-hmm. So I would much rather try and fail five times than to never try and realize I may have been able to do it. That's a failure to me. So when I put that into perspective for myself, that's, those are the things I try to make for my own Zen life. Think positively, encourage myself and try everything and make sure I leave the situation with no regrets.
1: Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. It's been such a pleasure getting to know you and connecting deeper. Do you have anything you'd like to share with the audience about your business or anything else?
0: Yeah, if if you have a if you have a message you want to try your shot at podcasting and getting it out onto a bigger platform, please reach out to me. The the website is amfm247.com. Questions, whatever you have, I will be happy to answer them. And of course, I would love for you to see my journey. I have a YouTube channel, which is on it's itsemmasworld.com, um, where I talk about things that I'm dealing with in my own life. My, my situation is an intersex, but I also have every one of my interviews recorded. So you get to see these people in a different light and you get to see these celebrities and talk to them uh, with me along the way. So you could see all of those amazing stories in audio or video format And of course, um, just smile at yourself every morning. When you get up in the morning, you go into the bathroom, you wash your face, make sure you smile at yourself because it may be the only smile you get. But when you do that, it does build some some type of confidence and you let yourself know that you love yourself. And I think that's extremely important because I never did. And now that I have, it's changed my whole outlook on life every day. I start off my own. I start off my day with my own smile to myself.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. That's so inspiring. That's great advice. And uh, just so everybody knows, I'll share Emma's website and information in the show notes. I hope you have a great day, Emma.
0: Oh, you too. And thank you for having me on. I hope I can touch somebody along the way.
1: Yes, you're welcome. My pleasure. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Zen Success. I would love to get your feedback at zensuccesspodcast.com on what topics you'd be most interested in and what Zen Success is to you. Thanks for listening.